Hey, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the show, we want to tell you about DraftKings, of course. Earlier in the week, sports gambling became legal in the state of Arizona, in case you missed out on that. It's going to be a little bit more time before we can actually start betting for real and betting through the DraftKings app. But in the meantime, you can still sign up for an account, DraftKings.com or the app, and use that promo code THPN. And right now, it is playoff time, of course. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. Once again, you got to download the top-rated DraftKings app right now. Use that promo code. THPN when you sign up and get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And I'm Scotty Farr, who's not Corey Crenshaw. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome in, everyone. I'm taking over for Corey's spot. Uh, she has traveler's diarrhea and is gone because she had bad uh, water, even though she didn't go to Mexico. So that's our water system in America. Welcome, Richie. I'm glad to sub in for Corey. You've already I, I'm, killed I'm, I'm me. <laughs> You've killed me, Scott. 20 seconds into the damn episode. Oh, yeah. boy. Corey's, Corey's going to be really excited that that's... Your explanation for why she's not here. Why she's gone. No, no. Corey had a a long day and ran out of time, so I told her I'd fill in, but I thought it'd be much funnier. You know, you don't hear Classic Traveler's Diarrhea very much these days, so, you know, that is what it is, but I'm happy to be on the show. There was a time when I couldn't do the show, and so you and Corey did it without me (laughs) multiple times, and you guys came up with weird explanations for I wasn't there. And one time, I believe it was like, I was at the NASCAR race on a Sunday, and you were like, Richie got hit with a bottle or something? Yeah, you got hit with a beer can and knocked you out, and you had a concussion and everything. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, in the case of fake ways to miss a show, I will take getting hit with a beer can and suffering a concussion over having traveler's diarrhea. Yeah, no, I don't have it. I've never had it before, but I'm going to say it doesn't sound pleasant. And, you know, I traveled for hockey for a lot of years and ate a lot of random food, a lot of junk food. But, yeah, so everyone. Wait, what is it? Is it, it just like regular diarrhea? But Well, it's uh, that like when you go to Mexico and you drink the water. I forgot. Uh-huh. It's um, I forgot the bacteria name because I've been in the science field. But anyways, um. They call a traveler's diarrhea because people go to Mexico, drink the water, ends up getting this bacteria or parasite that's stuck in your small intestines and you just shit your pants nonstop. So that's uh, traveler's diarrhea. I think you end up going on antibiotics and stuff. 
but yeah, it's not fun. So um, yeah, sorry, Corey, you had to you had to go that. Even though we tend to eat at the same places, you got to watch where you eat, Corey, and stay out of Mexico. I, okay, I had to look it up here because I get the official <laughs> definition. And I hope gone, yeah. We yeah, there's not too much Coyotes news to talk about. There's a lot of NHL news to talk about, which we'll get to in a little bit. But it says traveler's diarrhea. This is from the Mayo Clinic. Is a digestive tract disorder that commonly causes loose stools and abdominal cramps. It's caused by eating contaminated food or drinking contaminated water. Fortunately, Travers di- diarrhea usually isn't serious. It's just unpleasant. Well, everyone, welcome in. We are now an NPR podcast for medicine, and that was our first case study was, was Traveler's Diarrhea. What people didn't know is we uh, incepted them into a whole different podcast. So, yeah, there you go, the well, Traveler's Diarrhea. If you've heard the show before with Corey and I, like – Half the time we don't talk about hockey. We talk about other random garbage. I was just about just to say half your guys the course. show is like that. <laughs> even even if we have guests on the show, whoever they may be, like when I had Jordan on the show not too long ago, she was like, "We didn't talk any about any hockey for most of the time." I was like, "Yep, that's par for the course. That's what we do." That's what I like about the show, and when you guys have guests on, is you have to keep them on their feet and you know ask them a little hockey, but then come in with random questions about superhero shows. Probably in Jordan's case, uh-huh. I know you guys. I'm not saying she's a nerd. I mean, I'm a little bit of a nerd, a little bit. I think Richie's more of a nerd, though. But yes, that. yes, yeah. If you yeah, we we spent 25 minutes talking about Wandavision. <laughs> So. I'm a really good show, so that's okay. I still need to watch uh, the Captain America one. Oh, Scott, you're missing out. Oh, it was good. Uh, all right, I like to hear that. I like to hear that. Have you not seen a single episode? Not a single episode. I don't know why. Corey and I uh, just haven't got to it. I know you're busy people and you're planning a wedding, but you've got to find. watch shows for some reason. I don't know. We tried that Shadow show on Netflix, and I didn't even know what was going on half the time. <laughs> You're talking about Shadow and Bone. Yeah, and I didn't know. And I and I think one night I was trying to do Captain America, and Corey just wasn't feeling it. But I, now I'm going to watch it because now Loki's coming out, and I want to watch that, and I can't be behind like I am right now. I'm surprised you've managed to avoid any and all spoilers to... <laughs> to be honest, I probably have already seen them, but I've already forgotten them because I think I did see a few spoilers, but I literally can't remember them now. So Yeah, see, so the good thing is now you could go and you can sit down and you can watch all six episodes of the show. And, and I can I just about to say, I can binge watch it because Disney Plus, for some crazy reason, I don't know why subscription services do that. They do weekly. I'm like... You're streaming. I don't know why I'm getting weekly. Just give me all the episodes at once and let me have this bad addiction of binge watching and not doing anything else. I understand, <laughs> Richie. It's ridiculous. That's the it's the worst thing about watching it week to week is that you have to wait a whole other week for the show to come out. Yeah, and speaking of streaming, I can finally actually tie it into hockey now. I think it's crazy that there's not really streaming for hockey, like Fox Sports, like is on no channels yet they have no streaming service really at all. I think the NHL could do a better job with the streaming service, but I don't know. The NHL just annoys me apparently. That's uh, coming next year. If I'm not mistaken, when ESPN takes over, 
ESPN Plus is going to have all the out-of-market games. Perfect. So you don't have to pay for NHL TV or whatever. Yeah. ESPN Plus. Yeah. Well, that's perfect because I already have ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. So you can watch all the NHL you want starting like next season. You enjoy some. Except, except for the Coyotes because they'll be blacked out. <laughs> that's a good point. <clears throat> I didn't even think about that. I Well – I'll turn to my second backup favorite team is the Seattle Kraken. So I may be a Kraken fan, a Kraken fan. So I, you know, I don't, I don't blame you at all for that. I like uh, the Pirates, the Sea Shanty vibe. Like I feel like their stadium would be uh, arena would be pretty fun to go to. <laughs> and Coyotes I do, are screwed draft pick wise. So. I do. I think Corey and I talked about that somewhat recently. And I, and I said the same thing. I was like, I want to go to Seattle. I want to go to a game next year. That'd be super fun. I'm kind of on board for that. We'll have to do that. That's and that then they have game plan. They'll, yeah, they'll have Liam Neeson there like every game. <laughs> I like saying re- release the Kraken like live in person. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. And uh, we can see the Coyotes' former coach, Rick Taka, will be coaching there. And it'll be great. <laughs> I mean, re- uh, seriously, the Coyotes got rid of him, which was probably a good move because the team wasn't responding and he has like what five interviews already or four yeah he was linked to seattle he was linked to the rangers buffalo i think buffalo yeah you're right so and maybe columbus as well yeah so he's gonna end up with a job somewhere so which turns to who's the coyotes getting turned to if all these teams are looking for coaches yeah, that's the that's the big question like Corey and i talked about that on the last on the last episode we were kind of explaining that Bill Armstrong in his press conference was talking about how they wanted to go with a younger coach. And Corey and I both kind of had the same reaction in a way, which was like, why would you shoebox yourself into just saying that you want a younger coach just because it's different than what they've had before. And like Rick Tockett's not an old dude, right? Like, you know, like he was a, he's a younger coach. He's was only a head coach. Had a little cup of coffee with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but other than that, he had, didn't really have a whole heck of a lot of coaching experience. So I don't really understand why that's what they're trying to do again and go with another guy, bring this next person in who's probably not going to have a lot of coaching experience. And the only reason I can think of for them trying to do that is that they know that, that this particular person coming in is going to work very cheaply and be one of the lowest paid coaches in the NHL because – they were going to be able to bring in a Gerard Gallant or got or Claude Julien or the big names because they they know they were going to want a lot of money. He could do John Torrell too, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a mess in my opinion. I like the new age coaching style better, but you kind of got that with Tockett. It obviously didn't work, but I don't know. I think the Coyotes need a lot of retooling. I mean, look at the playoffs now. The Oilers just got swept, and they have arguably the top two of the top five greatest players in the world right now. Like, it just shows you how the team needs good structure, I guess. Like, you have, like, you need to, like, you can have the best player in the world and get swept in the playoffs somehow. That, like, is impossible in every other sport, I feel like. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often uh, where you have a one versus eight seed, essentially, and, and, uh, the only the the biggest time that it happened, right, is the the Blue Jackets upsetting the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple years ago, which was yeah. one of the biggest upsets in recent memory in the first round of any playoffs. And then, and then uh, many many years back, you had the 
um, LA Kings getting in as the eighth seed and, and end up winning the Stanley Cup that year. Um, and they beat the Coyotes along the way, of course, as we know. Oh, yeah. No, I just think it's crazy. Like, they have the best player in the world, and they're getting swept in the playoffs. Like, I mean, partially probably Mike Smith, he sucks, so that's part of it. But I don't know, hockey. And also, too, they had no crowds in Canada. Right. So I feel like this whole playoffs is a little lopsided. Like, what are they going to do when the Canadians team have to come to – North America, or not North America, Canada is in North America. No, my geography. Um, they have to come to the states. I don't know. I feel like the the states have a little bit of advantage with all these crowds going on. You look at Carolina and Nashville; their their barns are buzzing right now. Yeah, the seeing the Carolina stuff is 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 really dope because I think if I'm not mistaken, they have 100 percent capacity there, or at least pretty damn close to it. So. They, oh, uh, yeah, no, they're really close to 100% capacity. I saw their last OT win, and the whole place was, like, rocking. They're showing the crowd, and I was like, that looks as close to a full barn as I've seen it compared to some places. I mean, California, they're playing there. I mean, I don't even think there's any California teams, so I take that back. But, you know, some other places can't have as many, and then you look at Canada, there's no one there. It's almost hard to watch the game. It's not as fun, except for the Seltzer can that was in that Edmonton game. So I texted you and Corey a picture of that. Um, Cause it's the first thing I noticed. I really didn't watch much of that series until I was watching the tail end of regulation and into overtime of uh, game four there. And that was the first thing I noticed when they panned the camera into that particular um, zone. And I, was, and I couldn't stop laughing did you notice it at first or did you No, or, I didn't I didn't I had to point it out to you guys. Yeah, you, until you sent that picture I was so confused. I was like, what's Richie talking about? Like in it, it finally took it. I think it was a face off where um I noticed the towel moving and then I noticed the can. I was like, wait, this dude just been sitting in that seat for most of this game just shaking the towel a little bit i was like so good i think it's hilarious but like sky had to sit through what, a double or was a triple overtime that's a long yeah. time i hope yeah. he's getting paid well i i don't yeah i need a full like breakdown of who that guy is because that was really funny and he actually does have a twitter account believe it or not i just have to find it i don't oh man i believe that that's it was funny. like it was like at Celt. Seltzy or something, something Seltzy. I mean, I guess it's great marketing. I was telling Corey, I was like, wait, like who would put down the crowd? You can barely even see them. But then we talked about it for an hour and I was like, all right, well, I guess their marketing worked. Like we couldn't stop talking about this can. <laughs> so the, uh, uh, yeah, the Twitter account is at BL Seltzy. And the account now has... 1500 followers <laughs> i mean again that's great marketing i guess i wish he could have done more but i'm guessing his contract they probably held him down to just shaking the towel a little bit but i mean again like it just sucks for canada they can't have fans because it would have been fun to see uh i, I would i would have wondered to see if the home teams had better advantages but i mean it obviously worked for winnipeg because they're only they had the can in the crowd and they won so do that as you will. <laughs> Every stadium needs a can in their crowd, a seltzer can. I don't care what seltzer, they just need a can. It would shake up the game a little bit. 
Yeah, can you imagine if the Coyotes did that? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, Coyotes can need, you know, there's some games they need a little bit extra fans. I mean, it sucks for the Coyotes because before the pandemic all hit, I thought their crowd sizes were actually doing pretty good. Pandemic hit, and then this season they had decent crowd sizes, but yeah, no, that, that the Seltzer can took the, the story that night besides, you know, Oilers getting swept with two of the best players in the world. I'll say that again. And and the best part is of that is the next day, Stephen A. Smith just roasted the Oilers yep. about getting swept. And it was great. Yeah, it was much deserved. I mean, it's nice to see, uh, I mean, obviously, NHL with their new deal with ESPN. It's nice to see more exposure from some of the bigger analysts, even though Steve, Stephen A. is kind of more of an entertainment and purpose. But, yeah, I mean, it was much deserved. I'm glad to... For someone who doesn't watch it that much, I'm glad he could see with clear eyes. You have two of the best players in the world. They're just in no sport. Do you have two of the best players in the world and you get swept in the first round? It just doesn't happen. I mean, it's cool because hockey has that, but McDavid, in my opinion, is the best player in this league right now. May you know McKinnon's probably second, but if you put McDavid on McKinnon's team, they probably have five Stanley Cups by now. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And you know what the the biggest difference? There between like the Oilers and and your Avalanche, and I think you're even seeing it with the Minnesota Wild too, who just forced a game seven. They shut out the Golden Knights on on Wednesday. Um, is is depth, which is goes back to the organization as a whole, right? Colorado, yeah, you have your top line that's really good, but if you look top to bottom in that team, both uh, not only on your forward group but on your blue line too. Like, that's a deep team. And you can say the same thing about Minnesota because that's something that showed up every time that the Wild would play the Coyotes. The Wild just started to dominate games and dominate that entire series this year because the Wild were just good from top to bottom, right? They didn't have those elite players, but from top to bottom, they were very good across the board. And that's something that the Oilers can't say is that I mean, can you name outside of of your three players, your big three players, and on on Edmonton, right? Can you name another player on the roster? So Mike Smith, right? Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and then I'll, and Darnell Nurse on the blue line, yeah. right? Those you are know big who, name players. Who hides on their roster? Who is kind of a bum now? And like, what a bust is Nugent Hopkins? He's on that roster, and somehow they still suck too. He's a first round pick. Number one overall pick, yeah. yeah. He's I mean, he scored he scored yeah. a couple of goals in that series, but like, yeah, you're right. He's been he's <laughs> people forget that he's on that team. Yeah, I know he was like this projected star. I mean, Taylor Hall was on the team at one point. He's gone, and then there was that Paul Yarvey kid. I think he was like a fourth overall or somewhere around there. And he went fourth. Yep. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> I don't get it, but you make a great point. It's all about depth. I think that's the why the reason the Wild are competing as well as they are is because they have some good depth. I think the Knights had good depth, but they have some injuries. No Pacioretty kind of hurts them. Um, but Colorado by far has the biggest depth out of every team. And they're, you know, they have a top first line like the Oilers, but then they have a top second, third, fourth. Their defense is stacked. Their goaltending's decent. You know, the Oilers, like you said, Besides those players we kind of just named, I can't even think of their third, fourth line guys. And again, the biggest thing is their 
goaltending. Mike Smith, I don't think, wasn't good. But at the same time, how long can we blame Oilers for ever having a bad goaltender when they're letting in whatever amount of goals off the rush? And I mean, that last goal that they lost off of, McDavid turned it over probably because he played 100 minutes and they made a bad defensive change. So depth wins. Depth wins, that's for sure. And speaking of Mike Smith, um, the Oilers general manager, Ken Holland, says he would be open to re-signing Mike Smith. That's funny because I told Corey right when I saw that goal went in, which I thought it was a bad goal to give up, even though it was triple overtime. I was like, well, there goes Mike Smith. His career is probably over. I thought he was done Like, because I was like, who's going to – like no other team's going to resign him. They'd rather go young. And the Oilers are probably like, okay, he just sucked in the playoffs-ish. And that's funny. I guess that's Oilers. I mean, I don't like that they got all these first-round picks and whatnot, but it's almost sad to watch how they're not bad, but how they just can't get over this hump with all these first-round picks. It just shows you how lucky you have to get in the draft, too. I mean, Coyotes have had top picks, and they really haven't made giant leaps either. Oh, yeah, for sure. But... um (laughs) It's first of all, Mike Smith actually had a really good season this year, which is kind of crazy to say. Like he wasn't, he had a bad playoff series, obviously, but yeah. like, like he was not. He's not shouldn't be the scapegoat for that team. There are a lot of oh yeah, it's other the yeah a, a lot of other issues on that on that roster at at the moment. But um, uh, yeah, so I I uh, I think it kind of sucks for the sport that the Oilers are gone because. Um, I think a lot of people were excited to see an Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid matchup in the second round, and now we're not going to get that. Yeah, no, 100% I agree. And, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Like, it's not Mike Smith's fault because look at the goals before him. Wasn't Cam Talbot on their team, and he got chased out of Edmonton? Like, I just feel, and he's doing good with the Wild. I can't remember if he was or not. But either way, yeah, it's not his fault. And, um, yeah, it just comes with depth and – you know, players stepping up, and I agree, it hurts hockey more by not having Matthews and McDavid matching up. You're having Matthews play, you know, uh, Jets have good players, but it's not a superstar matchup. And same with, I guess, if the Wild beat the Knights, you know, I think everyone's looking forward to that heavy matchup between the Knights and Colorado, and now you get Wild. I mean, you got uh, Krill, Kaprasov, or whatever for Minnesota, who's going off, and that's he's kind of fun to watch, but... A lot of people want to see those big markets play each other. Do you think that Connor McDavid is going to come to a point in the next year or two where he's like, screw this, I am done with you, Edmonton, trade me? He, In this day and age, you see it a lot with the NBA um, and other sports. It wouldn't surprise me. With his talent, I mean, you got to think, what, your 20s are your prime years. Mm-hmm. How long can he hold out? You know, I would give him three years. There's a three-year range from here now, maybe even less. But unless they make some big strides, I agree. They, especially if you get close to 30 or you hit 30, there comes a point you're going to say, you know what, I tried here, and now I want to go and play somewhere and win. It's like I said, the NBA, you see it all the time. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you see it in the NFL a lot now, too. Oh, yeah. It's like it's be- starting to become – become that way where your big star players are starting to figure out that, Hey, we can yield more power here 
than we used to. And it's working to different respects in terms of different uh, different players around the league. I wonder, like, Connor McDavid is a different case to me than, say, like a Jack Eichel or somebody like that who is, like, very vocally, clearly pissed about a situation. I feel like Connor McDavid, like, he's one of those – one of those type of people that is just like, you'll just never be able to tell. Like he's not a, he's not a shit disturber. So even if he's pissed off at the Oilers and he rightfully should be like, we're never going to see that bubble to the surface. It's always going to be conducted behind closed doors and it's never really going to surface in the media unless it's brought up, you know, by a media member trying to make a story, which could very likely be the case. Yeah, no, he, he's way too modest for that, too. But, yeah, no, this is a day and age where, you know, I think players see what happened. You know, you look at Aaron Rodgers. He spent his whole career at the Packers, and they kind of he, – he has one championship, but he was an elite-level quarterback, and they kind of screwed up for all these years. I think younger guys are seeing that, and they're kind of like, I don't want that to happen to me. So, you know, Connor McDavid, he's given them plenty of chances. You know, they have Leon Dreisaitl, and, and – I think Dave Tippett's a good coach. I mean, he took a Coyotes roster that really wasn't good and took him to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think it's coaching. It's like same thing with Rick Tockett. I, I don't think it's coaching. I just think their roster was built bad. I mean, yeah. Tampa Bay has a super depth team. That's why they're good. Colorado's the exact same. The GMs of the Coyotes, Oilers, and many other franchises just built poor teams. I mean, Buffalo is the only exception where on paper they should be really good. And apparently they're just not, that's the only one I'd say is a bit odd. So I don't know. GMs need to step up their game. Yeah. And the thing that's, that's crazy about the Oilers is I had to look it up here real quick, but the thing about Connor McDavid is his contract obviously is redonkulous, right? I think he's making, I think his cap hit is over $10 million a year. Yeah, it's $12.5 million a year. Leon Dreisaitl's cap hit is $8.5 million per year. So that's $20 million, $21 million going to two players in a league where your salary cap is just over $80 million. So when you have a quarter of your cap going to two guys, that's going to create a lot of problems. And I, I, I wonder how much of the Edmonton struggles is that. Because somehow, some way, the Blackhawks managed to finagle their way out of it and win Stanley Cups despite paying, you know, um, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves a ridiculous amount of money. Although we're seeing the bad side of that now. Same thing with the Lightning, too, right? Where they have a lot of guys with big contracts and ended up paying off for them and they got that championship somehow, some way. But eventually it's going to bite them in the ass at some point. And. I, I I have a feeling that's part of it. It's like when you have a quarter of your salary tied up in two guys, it's tough to build out the rest of the roster because you're going to get guys like, let's see, let's take a look at the bottom part of the of the Edmonton Oilers forwards here. Tyler Ennis. We have Dominic Cahoon. We have Gaten Haas. We have Kyler Yamamoto. We have Devin Shore. We have former Coyote Josh Archibald. We have, oh, wait a minute, God. Kyle Turris. Since when the fuck was Kyle Turris an Edmonton Oiler? Did you know that? I had no idea. I mean, was he hurt? Was he hurt? Because I swore I didn't see him out there. 
I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, you make a good point. I mean, you're right. You're seeing it with the Blackhawks now with these big contracts. It hurts the team in the future. And the only reason Colorado's not there is because McKinnon is on a crazy cheap deal. And if, I mean, I guess if guys want to win, then they need to take those deals. It just plain and simple. I mean, I agree. You want to take care of your chickens and your mentals, but eventually, like, it's either do you want to win and take a little bit of pay cut? I mean, Crosby may face a situation here soon of is he going to stay with Pittsburgh? Because they're starting to age. So does he mm-hmm. want to win more? Maybe, I mean, I'd love to see a Crosby-McDavid duo. That'd be great. But, you know, sometimes players have to make choices on either getting paid or potentially winning and doing better for the team. I mean, Toronto's stacked, but they have massive contracts, and it could mm-hmm. be a reason why they're just not so deep enough to win. So Right, right. So speaking of the uh, Edmonton Oilers, Scott, we had some news this week from the Oilers that Wayne Gretzky is leaving the organization, and we came to find out later that's because we're going to get Wayne Gretzky on our freaking television screens all the time when Turner takes over the NHL coverage starting next season. And I will tell you, um, I am not excited for this one bit, and – it's because Wayne Gretzky has zero personality. He's probably a great hockey analyst, right? I mean, he's one of the best player of all time, right? But just because you're really good at the sport you play doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good on television. And so this is – I put this out on Twitter to somebody. I said that he's going to coast by in his name for a year. Then they're going to figure out he's not that great on TV as an analyst. And after a year, he's gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's part of the issue. I mean, that's always been hockey's issue. There just hasn't been a good... I mean, it's the only reason why Don Cherry was popular before he got old and started saying crazy shit. Um, He was like the only like real personality of hockey. And that's the issue with hockey now. You look at every breakdown, they're just so... It's too gentleman-like. I mean, that's how hockey's always been. That's why they wear suits a lot of times, and you see players now kind of dissatisfied with it. Is it's very, it's like a gentleman's game, and they're very, you know, they're very have a lot of manners and talk. I mean, not on the ice, but off the ice, they do. And I agree with you. Gretzky doesn't have personality, and for TNT, you know, they have the best basketball coverage in the world. Corey and I were talking about with you know Shaq and Kenny and all them like their broadcasts are just genuinely enjoyable to watch because they're just so goofy and fun. It's nice to have Gretzky and them break down hockey, but there's only so much, you know, like monotonous talk. I just made that word up kind of that you can <laughs> discuss about hockey where it just kind of gets boring and like white noise a little bit. So I'm with you on that. I, I think Gretzky, you know, I did think it's funny, though, on Sporty, you guys said uh, Gretzky should come back, coach the Coyotes. That would be horrible, but that was funny. <laughs> we got, I think we triggered people with that. That was, that was great. Um, I put that tweet out after the news came out, and people were triggered immediately. That was PTSD. I mean, he's part of the reason the Coyotes had a lot of problems. So, for some reason, Gretzky, great player, not good coach, probably not a super enjoyable analyst. But, yeah, no, I agree. It's interesting. And I don't know where hockey can find more entertainment people. I mean, you don't want, like, people who are just entertainment and don't know, you know, like for basketball, you know, Shaq and Barkley, you know, they know what they're talking about. 
you want guys that know what they're talking about, but have a little bit more personality and mm-hmm. flair. I just don't think hockey has that. The guys with personality are a little bit more too rambunctious. If the they were, yeah, if they were smart, if TNT was smart, and I'm surprised this hasn't happened yet, the perfect person to put on a national broadcast is Paul Bissonnette. Yeah, no, I mean, he brings these – I think he's what gave the Coyotes so many um, fans that just really loved his personality. I mean, I have friends that I've known since I was a kid who have don't know anything about hockey, but they know who Paul Bissonnette is, and they will share Instagram videos with me and whatever, and they're big hockey fans mainly because they think he's hilarious and they loved watching him play, and then that's that's what helps drive the game. And they need more personalities like that. And I mean, the closest thing I think the intro got was with Jeremy Rodick. But even then, he, you know, he he had his old bag of issues too. Or Mike Milbury. Or you know, they have all these controversial people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's hard to find like good people to do these, you know, broadcasts. So as long as they put two things, I'm asking from TNT to do. Number one is make Charles Barkley a semi regular person on their panels for hockey. That's a good one. That it's, I think that's almost a given that that's going to happen, because um, Charles is a is a hockey fan, right? He's, yeah, he's at Heather River Arena from time to time. Um, Coyotes fan, of course, and uh, him and Rick Tockett are actually good buddies from their from their time in a previous life. Um, Tockett's gone, of course, now, but I digress. So number one is Charles Barkley. Number two, which I really, really, really hope happens is one of my favorite play-by-play guys in all of sports is Kevin Harlan. And if you watch game two of the Suns and Lakers series, you he was on the call with Reggie Miller. And Kevin Harlan does a terrific job, not only calling basketball, but he also does a lot of NFL stuff for Westwood One. And he's, he's had some hilarious calls in the past. If you type in Kevin Harlan on, on YouTube or whatever, it'll pop up. He is the guy who like called the, the time there was a streaker on the field and he, and he called the streaker like, oh, yeah. as if he was calling a play. That. Right. Yeah. So that Kevin Harlan calling NHL games is, would be perfect. Like I, I hope that happens. I don't know if we're going to get it or not, but it would be, genius no i agree anything that brings more entertainment you know i think that's why the players were you know bringing up issues with like wearing a suit to the game they wanted to bring more personality with just their clothing and i agree the nhl needs to bring more entertainment that's for sure it's a fun game to watch but it also helps when you have people that promote it in a fun way i mean i think that's why doc emmerich everyone loved watching playoffs when he called was he was just super fun to hear him say his quirky weird things and then his you know unique voice yell out goals was just a blast and mm-hmm. you know i agree tnt and maybe a little bit more Stephen a you know i think that'll go a long way for the nhl and you know it's as relating to the Stephen a smith thing the sportsnet twitter account um like retweeted his rant and like made fun of him for it and try to like gatekeep it and be like, huh, this isn't helping or whatever. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? Like, that's one of the things that is like a hockey culture thing where yeah. too often fans will try to tell other fans how to be fans or, or, um, 
too gets too please like my sportish a lot of times, and I find that really annoying. And um, they don't more fans need to understand that when you get exposure, like Stephen A. Smith gave the Oilers, that's a good thing because it just gets more eyeballs on it. Granted, like because you watch Stephen A. like talking about hockey, you know he's not a hockey fan. He admits it. So it's not like he's trying to talk about something he doesn't know about. Like he admits that he has no clue what he's talking about, but that's what makes it interesting and fun. Oh yeah, no, and just brings exposure, like you said. Like he does so many wacky NBA football videos, but people think they're so funny or stupid or aggravating that just brings attention to the sport. And you're right with hockey, that drives me crazy. It's not as much with people who play hockey, but for some reason it's people who are just kind of around it, like actually have played hockey like in higher levels i'm not trying to like gatekeep that either but i'm saying like for some reason there is this like thing where people are like oh you don't know hockey so stop talking about it or it's just insane and like that tweet you're bringing up it's like why would you do that you have like a voice that goes across to millions of people like why would you downplay that it's just so stupid yeah no hockey needs to figure it out with with just bringing entertainment and and being it's like, you know, they're not as, you know, as inclusive with a lot of other things, like with bringing more female coaches in or supporting the women's league. There's just a lot of things NHL is just a little bit behind, and it shows. Uh, yeah, 100%. I agree with you. I think that they maybe they can make uh, you, me, and Corey the new, like, co-commissioners of the league. I would like that. That'd be fun. I mean, women's hockey is a blast to watch. They're... Uh, they're pretty talented. When you take out, you know, the NHL, they have some. NHL's a rough league. You gotta be tough to play in that league. A lot of brutal hits. The women's hockey's fun to watch because you take away the brute and you know, uh, grind of the NHL, and you get to watch finesse and real skill at work, mm-hmm. and see players actually, you know, like with skill and showcase that without getting blown up in the middle of the ice and concussed or, you know, weird injuries like that. Yeah, I, I uh, and I, I'm glad to hear that the Latin, originally the women's world championships were completely canceled, and if I'm not mistaken, they have since rescheduled it for later in the year, which is huge, because like that's basically a lot of these women. That's all they get, right? They get the Olympics, and then they get the world championships, and oh, yeah. then those are their those are their big events they get every year. So to lose out on that originally was a really was really tough to hear. But I'm glad that the IIHF has kind of changed their mind about it, and uh, and we're going to get the world champ- women's world championship hockey later this year, if I am uh, not not mistaken. Um, hopefully, so yeah, no, I agree. Shout out to women's hockey. Hopefully, the NHL <laughs> does more. I think the NBA does pretty good with the WNBA. So oh yeah, hopefully like, see more of that. Um yeah, like DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul were wearing Mercury jerseys. To, at, to the game, to one of their games at the tail end of the regular season. DeAndre Ayton was at one of the Mercury games. Um, some other players around the NBA were wearing WNBA jerseys, and it's it's awesome to see. Even Chris Paul in an interview, I think after the Portland Trailblazers game at the end of the year, he was, he was like, shout out to the WNBA for starting their season today. Like, that is great to hear. Yeah. And that, I wish other sp- – We'd get that from other sports, too, not just uh, NBA players. Oh, yeah, no. One last thing, too. I think the Coyotes mm-hmm. are probably one of the better teams in the NHL that 
do that with, you know, Lindsay Fry. Mm-hmm. I think their girls program they have down in Mesa, I believe, yes. is, uh, you know, that's pretty good. Their hockey development's really good with that. You know, I can't speak for all teams, you know, because I don't know what they're doing. But I can say for the Coyotes' perspective, they're doing a good thing with that. And, you know, they're making good strides. All right. We got uh, – I got one more topic to throw at you here, Scotty, before we say goodbye. I like that. And I know it's, uh, it's something you wanted to rant about. Yeah. No, right, so I hear. Yep. I, it'll be like a Corey's Corner. It'll be like a – I think something with Scott, Scott's, Scott's tots, thoughts, Scott's thoughts, tots, Scott's thoughts. I think Scott's Scott thoughts, thoughts is what we came Scott up last thoughts. time. Scott. Oh no, this is getting sporty after hours. Scott's thoughts, um, mm-hmm. which Richie didn't know what thoughts were. Anyways, I digress. Um, so my my thought of the day is um, goalie interference. I think. These playoffs, it's been abundantly clear. The NHL has been consistent. I will say they've been consistent, but I don't think the players necessarily know exactly what that is. And I'm referring to the Minnesota Wild and Vegas series where the Wild, they got screwed, where they got called for a no, a no goal for goalie interference when the guy was not even in the blue paint. Flurry came up and they both hit, you know, his butt and back hit Flurry a little bit. But he wasn't in the blue paint, and no one pushed him in there, and they said no goal. And then tonight, you have Vegas get a no call, no goal called for them when the guy's kind of getting pushed in, and he's in the blue paint, but he doesn't really touch the goalie, but they say he didn't give the goalie space. So all I'm asking the NHL is tell these players, hey, you cannot go into the blue paint, and I think it'll solve a little bit of issues because then guys won't get near it. But at the same time, like... Guys are getting pushed into the blue paint, so are you going to acknowledge that? Or it just, I don't know, NHL, figure this out with goalie interference. It's exhausting. You know, I'm glad you're consistent in the playoffs, but in the season and in many other seasons, those are goals that are usually called goals. Figure it out, NHL. And, um, yeah, that's my thought for the day. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that as well. Of course I do. Like, it's, we've said this for years now, I feel like, with, because I feel like they had adjusted the rule a couple of years ago, and it just did not get any better when they started implementing challenges for it. And I think you're right; like they need to come up with some sort of a black and white rule, which is a player bit cannot enter the crease whatsoever, and if you do, goal gets waved off automatically. Yeah, and that's all I'm asking too. <laughs> And get some sort of consistency because there just is none, N- none whatsoever. Because in my opinion, going back to the the uh, the wild goal and the Golden Knights goal that were both called off, like to me, both of those look like good goals to me. Oh right? yeah, especially the one um, on Minnesota the other day where Folino, if you watch it over and over again, he doesn't change his lane or doesn't move whatsoever he kind of it's really funny to watch because if you watch it he, he looks like he's on a string and he looks like he's on a string just outside the blue paint and it's almost a perfect way and how you would draw up creating a screen in my opinion and he did it perfectly skates were in the crease and you know flurry kind of makes contact with him a little bit and they they call it a no goal even though felino didn't move whatsoever didn't move to make contact in my opinion and 
And so I think most people were like, what the fuck? That was, that was, that's a goal. And I didn't get a chance to watch the, the play in real time. And I only, I've only seen one replay of it. And most of the discourse I've seen from people is that it's, they're just throw their hands up at this point, And people are like, you might as well just flip a coin. But in the case of the golden Knights goal too, like, Matt Dumba from the Minnesota Wild essentially sandwiched. I don't remember who the Golden Knights player was off the top of my head. He was like in the crease there, but Matt Dumba essentially sandwiched the, him into his own goaltender. So whoever the Golden Knights player was couldn't move and couldn't get out of the way, even if he tried. So it's like, well, what is he? What is that player supposed to do in that situation to change things? Like, yeah. No, I just think they're taking away goals from this. Like everyone wants goals, and they're like they're just making it harder to score. I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was like some sort of a makeup call or what, but it's. I, I wonder if it's going to get addressed again, like at the owners' meetings or whatever during the off season, and then they'll try and tweak it. And knowing the NHL, they're going to fuck it up even more because it's seemingly all they do is anytime they try to fix something they end up making it worse or they try to fix something that isn't even a problem to begin with (laughs) and they make it worse. No, I agree. I just, I agree. They need to just define it, make it more black and white, but also make it where if guys are getting pushed in, you know, you got to take that into account. And also, you know, people aren't in the blue paint. If the goalie comes out super far, that's their problem. In my opinion, I would, I would even be okay if goalies can go and play and get hit. I said it. I'm fine with that, too. That'd make it fun. But <laughs> they like to protect the goalies. But anyways, before we sign off, there's two other things. Richie loves to wear rompers, confirmed now, and people want to see Richie wear rompers, and Corey's a tennis player. So there you go. There, there, there's my end t- tidbit, everyone. Uh, let me quickly explain the romper thing. <laughs> For some reason, I there was a Twitter thing going around, like one of those viral Twitter threads, where like people were retweeting for whatever reason, they were retweeting the pictures of themselves and their height. So I was like, okay, I tried to find pictures of me that were full bodied pictures of me. And there's not very many of them. And that was the one that I knew existed. So that's the one I brought up. First of all, a great picture. I look amazing. If I don't say so myself, <laughs> I, pulled off, tires, yeah. I pulled it off really well. And so that was the picture I chose. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have some fun with this. I'm going to put out a poll on Instagram and, uh, and 83% of the people who voted in the poll want to see the romper return for the summer. So I was joking with Corey that her and I need to go romper shopping. No, I agree. <laughs> I, you know what? I like that. You do need to go romper shopping. And then, you know, next date you go on or something, you got to wear the romper. I think girls, I think uh, that's a, uh, I think that's what, you know, girls like these days, the the younger woman, you know, I think we're getting older, we're in the millennials, but I think, uh, was it Gen X, Gen Z, you know, they're calling us Chug, which means you're out of style, Chuggy, I don't know, Chuggy, yeah, Chuggy, yeah. so I think the romper is not Chuggy, so I, I like it too, I voted yes on that poll as well, and I like the color of it, I'll point that out, you know, also, but I like the romper. I'm a fan. I may even go shopping myself for. They're actually, you know what? Like, I had to. I lost a bet. I had to wear it for an entire show, and surprisingly, kind of pretty comfortable. Like if you I get a size, that. like a onesie. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know why onesies are making back. Uh, girls have onesies now, too, that's making, you know, and I I always tell Corey, I'm just like, they look like baby clothes, like little diapers. Like, it's <laughs> bizarre, but everyone loves them. They're super comfortable. So I guess I'm going to have to get this romper, too. There, uh, can Oh, I know what I can do. I can go and get a really nice one so that I can wear for your and Corey's wedding. I, you know, maybe that's what we'll do for the groomsmen and you. We'll wear, we'll wear rompers, but like a Hawaiian based rompers. So, you know, it, it goes with the scene off the beach. So uh, nice, it be comfortable. Like a nice pineapple print romper. <laughs> exactly. Let's like see. a custom made pineapple print. Oh God. Corey's going to listen to this and the wedding's going to be off. Ugh. Well, I got to look at this up real quick. Sorry, Sporting Nation. This is called on the fly. I typed in pineapple print romper. Oh my gosh. Oh. You got to post it on Twitter Ooh. for everyone to see Ooh, the baby. romper. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, Scott, I got to send this to you. I'm actually going to send this in the in the group chat here. Um, <laughs> I'm excited this, to see this. Oh, this is great radio, everybody. Hang on, I gotta find the right chat. Where the frick is See, it? See, and we all we have too many chats. There's so many group chats, also. Yeah, and I'm gonna send this completely un un, un uh, unrelated to anything. So that way, no, so I sent it. Up. I sent it in the chat with you, me, Corey, and Katarina, aka Gato, and no. I sent it completely like without a message or anything, just the picture. That's I, it. I lo- I can't wait for them to see it. There's no context for them, so they're just gonna be like, "What is this pineapple romper?" I love the color. I'll describe it for the folks at home. It's a nice mint color with the um, medium sized pineapples all around it, everywhere, crotch area, chest area, back. There's pineapples everywhere on this. I would like this for my wedding, so I'm gonna bring this up to Corey, and we'll see if it gets passed. So <laughs> it's I- on I- sale I- right now too, and it's on sale. I yeah, mean, it's thirty-seven dollars. That's a steal for a wedding. You know, tuxes are like two hundred a piece for a person. Thirty-eight bucks. This is a steal. Well, I may start a fashion podcast now. Actually, I enjoy this. I enjoy this podcasting about clothes and rompers. It's fun. <laughs> Again, we we come we start off the show as a hockey program, and things just go off the rails really quickly. So before things get any more off the rails, I feel like we should say goodbye. Um, so every time Corey's on the show, um, I always ask Corey for her if she has any last words. So I'm going to ask the same thing from you. Do you have any last words? Um, well, we didn't start the show with hockey, and we're not going to end it with hockey. Everyone, if you can, donate to a relief fund for traveler's diarrhea. It's an issue. It needs ex- exposure and Everyone needs to look out and keep Corey in their thoughts as she's fighting this nasty disease of drinking bad water and just lots of diarrhea. So, Corey, we're thinking of you, and I'm here for you, and hopefully you still want to marry me after this. Back to you, Richard. (laughs) Good night and good hockey, everybody.